Welcome to the Three for Thursday podcast from FMI.online. I'm your host, Ryan Spindolo, and today's three are the top three tips for mentally managing volatility. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm really happy uh, this week. My friend, uh, Jeff, Jeff Valor is joining us again. Jeff, welcome back. You've been on the podcast before. I have, yes. Thanks, Ryan. I'm surprised I got invited back, but uh, I feel privileged to be here. Well, you know, it was Australia Day week this week, and I thought, why not have an Australian on the podcast? Um, even though this podcast might not go out this week, uh, it was still on my mind to have you on again. Because last time we were on, I, I really enjoyed the conversation because you're somebody that I've talked to a lot about the markets. You have a full-time career which is not involved with the financial markets, but your full-time job allows you to spend a lot of time researching, following the financial markets and managing your own fairly um, meaty portfolio. Is that right? Uh, yep, that's true. Yeah, it's uh, COVID over the last couple of years has given me a fair amount of time to spend uh, looking at my portfolio whilst my primary job was taking a bit of a hiatus. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so one of the few people around that uh, have got some big benefits out of COVID then perhaps. Um, not that there's too many in your other job. But... <laughs> my other job has suffered poorly, but uh, <laughs> we try and make ends meet with the investing in between time. Well, there's, there's a little analogy for diversification then. Um, so what we, we, we bumped into each other during the week, didn't we? And we tossed around a few ideas about what we could use as a topic this week. And we came up with the top three tips or, or your top three tips from your experience on how to mentally manage volatility. Um, what's going on in the markets right now that kind of spurred us to think about this particular topic? Well, it is a really relevant subject right now. Um, we're in uh, basically the, the the last week of February. So if anyone listened to this podcast- Last week of January. Sorry, January, January. Yeah, yeah, yeah the other one. Years already getting away from me. Um, so anybody listening to this podcast later can look back at the uh, the charts of the, the last week or two of January and uh, and see that this was a time where um, a lot of fear has gripped the market. Yeah. Uh, the US Fed has um, been looking at uh, withdrawing some of their measures, tapering. Uh, there's been interest rates, inflation talk. Uh, for me, who is largely in Australia, um, that has infected the Australian market pretty pretty poorly. Mm -hmm. Uh, and even when it's been up in the US, we've had some down days. We've had about uh, three to four solid days of losses on the Australian stock market, all starting from Friday last week through the weekend, Monday, Tuesday, and even past Australia Day. Yeah. So um, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty uh, brutal to look at for some mm -hmm. people. And for some people who are only new to this, um, this uh, investing game, it may be their first big you know, backward steps, especially if they got into it just at the start of COVID yeah. um, and, have, and have kind of built their positions throughout the time of COVID, this is probably one of the biggest corrections they may have, they yeah. may have seen. So, you know, it might have some people having second thoughts uh, or, or, or feeling a bit of fear for the first time of, you know, have they done something wrong? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's just an incredible time to be in the financial markets. Uh, an incredible bull run in the equity markets underpinned, as you say, by... Um, this this flood of liquidity from central banks to help keep the economy moving while we deal with these unprecedented uh, macro 
uh, macro themes and, and, and what have you. So, so you're right, a, a lot of people will be experiencing these down days, uh, but often what happens in this, this kind of, um, this, this time that there's a lot of volatility. So while there may be a, a few down days, you could quite as easily get a big up day the next day, but then go back to another big down day. I remember the last big major financial crisis back in 2008, late 2008, the, the stock markets would be up 2%, 3% one day, down 4% the next day, up 2%, down 4%. And while the long-term trend was down uh, before they recovered, on the way down, it was very, very choppy. And if you look at charts, actually, over time, you'll see that when markets go up, they tend to go up very relatively smoothly. But when markets come down, there's a lot more volatility on, on going down as well. So that was, I guess, our impetus, wasn't it, for thinking about the topic this week? We, we certainly saw that, I think it was on Tuesday, where uh, the US market started the day gapping down by about 2%. Yeah. And then uh, I think it... Uh, it uh, reached its um, nadir bottom yeah. um, uh, at about the middle of the day at four percent down, which is yeah. a lot. And yeah. then, and then even more amazingly, um, staged a recovery in the afternoon to end up slightly positive yeah. by the afternoon. So you know, starts the day down two, you know, goes down to four, and then finishes up, you know, slightly up. And that's that's a lot of volatility for one day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there is no sign that that volatility is going away anytime soon based on uh, a lot of the commentary around in the financial press. So without further ado, so these are are your three tips, aren't they, uh, Jeff, in terms of how you deal mentally with this volatility? Perhaps not jumping on a plane and looking at your stock portfolio just (laughs) before you take off and lose Wi-Fi. No, no good idea. (laughs) Not a good idea. Um, Scares the other pilots. Yes, yes, it it does. Based on your experience then, mate, what's your number one rule for for helping you deal mentally with this volatility? Look, uh, anything I'm going to say here is probably not new to most people uh, in the market and plenty of other people say the same thing. So I can't uh, claim any great ownership of these, but uh, I will... Uh, throw a quick shout out to my mate Robbie down in Australia who I was talking with just before I came here and he subscribes to the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy rule number two which is don't panic. Um, it's hard for um, to do you know getting that emotion out of there uh, especially you know first day you might suck it up second day you know you're thinking I can tough this out third day you start getting you know, everyone's got their own different uh, threshold as to where the, the fear starts coming in. Invariably, uh, whatever your threshold of fear is, it will probably stop the day after you've gone past mm-hmm. that threshold and you've done something silly. Um, so it's, it's, it's best to try and remove the emotion if you can. And, and look, whether your portfolio is really big or really small, most people have a portfolio that's, you know, set to their means. So, you know, whether it be a, a couple of grand or a couple of hundred grand, it's important, it's, you know, that, that money is important to everyone. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, we don't want to, you know, belittle anyone with a small portfolio because that small portfolio is still probably pretty important to them. So it's, it's still, you know, everyone suffers the same emotion. Um, it's best to try and go back to, you know, first principles, if, if that's the case, try and go back to your research um and try and stick to some kind of fundamental if you are a, a fundamental yeah. kind of guy yeah yeah i mean the great thing about hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy they've got a rule or a, a rule for almost every situation in life don't they and and don't panic i think is a really important one for the markets and it, you've alluded to a couple of things there is so much emotion vested in investment decisions when you're managing your own money 
Um, and you know that that's born a whole field of research that that very idea uh, that we're emotional people and it's hard to remove emotions from investment decisions. Uh, that's what you know essentially behavioral finance um, you know is 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 really all about. Uh, and there's some interesting things from behavioral finance. Uh, the the fact that we tend to feel losses twice as intensely as we as we yeah, uh, yep. feel at an equivalent gain. Um, so the markets is up five percent, we're pretty happy. Markets go down five percent, we're really unhappy, and and we really feel that. So casinos make their money. Everyone leaves when they're losing. Yeah, few people leave when they're winning. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Not that we're suggesting that the financial markets are uh, are a casino. Uh, but they, at the moment, they probably feel like that to a lot of people. So, and and a lot of professional traders, a lot of the traders that are sitting um, on trading desks and asset managers or um, in the big global investment banks, they spend a lot of time that um, they go through a lot of training. And they put a lot of effort into removing any emotion from their investment decisions. And a lot of risk management for traders is all about removing emotion. Um, so, yeah, don't panic. Uh, try to remove the emotion from the situation, I think is a really, really top tip for people. Right, Jeff, that's a pretty good start. What's your number two tip? Well, number two follows straight from number one, uh, which is, you know, kind of alluded to, which is going back to your research. Um, you know, is, is your, you know, as this is all happening, is your macro view of the market and the world still good? Or has that fundamentally changed? Has something you've just become aware of changed that around? You know, if, if you've still got a good macro view and you were confident the day before the market started going down that, hey, in uh, one year's time or two years time, um, you know, I still feel that we're in a commodity super cycle, if that's your thing, or, you know, I'm, I'm investing in uh, ESG and in green stocks, if that's your thematic, um, whatever that might be, you know, if that macro view still holds the same, then, then use that as a, you know, your, your, your anchor to, to see you through this panic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, your research hopefully tells you that, hey, this is just a blip or a correction. Yeah. Um, your macro research, your, your macro feeling might also go, hey, yeah, we do know that the uh, Fed or the RBA is going to put up interest rates. I believe that it will have this much of an effect. Um, I already factored in that, yeah, we might go down a few percent when these come into measure. So has today's action exceeded what you feel is an overreaction? Yeah. You know, and if that's the case, you might gain a bit of, little bit of confidence going, hey, you know, it might be fine next week or the week after my macro view. If your macro view was very pessimistic beforehand, then, you know, arguably you probably should have acted on it before. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and um, so, yeah, that, that might lead you to make, you know, regretting a decision that you hadn't acted on. Um, but um, we're talking about ways to mentally deal with your volatility. So hopefully you... You keep doing your reading. I do a lot of reading and hopefully, you know, and, and, and of course, a lot of reading is contradictory. So I do have 10 contradictory thoughts in my head at any one time, mm-hmm. probably more. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, hopefully your general, you know, vibe, your macro feeling is still good, in which case, you know, use that to try and see through this and hopefully you'll see a positive on the out, uh, upside before you've sold out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. If you are a longer-term equity investor, and I guess we should caveat this a little bit to say that you have a longer-term... I'm not a day trader. Yeah. I'm not a day trader. Yeah, and so if you were a day trader, uh, you will be approaching this a little bit differently. And if you were a day trader, you're probably quite happy at the moment for some volatility because yeah. day traders like volatility, day traders use volatility as an opportunity to trade. 
Um, you though are more of a longer term, you have a longer term investment horizon. Uh, so this is why your macro view is is quite important to you because that really drives what you do, doesn't it? Well, even with my macro view now, uh, even not being a day trader, I'm starting to see some some of the stocks that I watch and I watch a lot um, getting to prices where I'm like, oh wow, this is kind of you know. I had this as a price that I wanted to get in at. Mm. Now, you know, if I had more money, it'd be a shopping spree potentially mm. right now. If you've still got a good macro view, yeah. if you think this is the start of something worse, well, then then you have to adjust to that new macro view, or if that was a macro view already held beforehand. But for somebody who still sees that there is some upside in certain um, sectors, yeah. um, this may be seen as an opportunity. Yeah. You know, like like a date, you know, the volatility does bring opportunity. Yeah. Um, if you've got the cash for it, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, number one, don't panic. Number two, think about your macro view. And again, you know, we are talking about this in this podcast is how do you manage mentally the volatility? Uh, and, and so just going back and thinking about why you're in the stocks in the first place, has your macro view changed? will hopefully perhaps give you some confidence or some reassurance, perhaps not to panic in step one. Yeah. Um, because, it, yeah, it, it, like you say, um, it, it can be a little bit of a of a house of cards um, and you need to try to, I guess, through your research, through your macro view, ascertain whether the latest volatility or the latest blip in the market, the correction is just that, a correction. Is it an overreaction um, or is it a start of a more long-term trend? All right, so uh, last one, Jeff. What's your last tip for people to help mentally manage volatility? Well, number three, once again linked to number two, is uh, time. You know, time can uh, hopefully appease some of this uh, panic that's going through your brain right now. And by time, I mean, uh, what is your timeline? What is your investment horizon? Uh, if, if I'm looking at it, with my macro view for number two, and I'm sitting here saying, you know what? This money is for my retirement. I don't need this money for five years or for 10 years. This is just a blip in time. Yeah. And uh, and once again, we're just talking about ways of mentally dealing with this now. Yeah. So I, I get a lot of um, uh, a lot of comfort from the fact that, uh, or A, I've kind of seen this a couple of times, um, but uh, B, that I know that I don't want this, I don't need this money for five more years. Yeah. You know, I'm going to keep managing this money. I'm not trying to take it out and retire at this point in time. So uh, I can see the see this through. I can see the the bottom of this and hopefully back out the upside and you know, probably see another cycle or two before mm. I need the money. So I can, you know, when I'm sitting there, well, for my real-time ticker, showing things ticking down, and that's like the ticking time bomb, it's hard to overcome that panic of seeing that percentage getting deeper and deeper into the red. Um, you know, so I can step back from the computer and go, hey, you know, I don't need this money tomorrow. Um, in a week's time, this might be back up again. In a month's time or in a year's time. So you've got to look at your investment horizon. If you're coming up to the end of your investment horizon, you've probably started pivoting your portfolio. Yeah. To uh, to provide some safety from events like this, we yeah. hope so. Yeah. Um, and so, if you are actively, uh, I won't say day trading, but managing your portfolio in you know risky or less risky assets, then you've got to accept this volatility is going to happen, uh, and you've got the time to go out the other side of it. Yeah. There, that's a really good point. Uh, remembering your time horizon. You know, once you do sell, 
also, I think in terms of time, also think backwards in time as well. Think about how long you've been in your positions and look at the gains that you've had as well. Um, you know, a, a 5% drop, if you got into something uh, a year and a half ago, which has gone up 60%, suddenly, you know, well, yeah. so rather than looking at it that as a 5% drop, you're actually up 55%. Yep. Uh, and just taking a, a longer or, a, or a, a higher bird's eye view of your portfolio, looking at things holistically and thinking about your time horizon is, is something that's going to just help you deal mentally with that volatility. Jeff, those are three really good tips for people to help mentally manage the pain that um, volatility can bring. Uh, don't panic. Uh, remember your macro view. Is it still good? And just remember your time horizon. Um, if you're a longer term investor like Jeff, uh, chances are that you don't need to take your money out of the market uh, in the next day or two. Uh, if you do need it three, four, five, seven, eight, ten 10 years down the track, who knows where the markets will be. As Jeff said, we may see another couple of cycles before that time. All right, Jeff, it's always a pleasure to have yeah. you have you in. Uh, I would be interested to have you in again sometime soon and maybe get your predictions about what's <laughs> going to happen. Uh, I like the way you mentioned earlier on that we can go back in time and see uh, about, look back at the volatility charts at this time and, and see perhaps in six months' time how volatile this period actually was and, and did we recover. But what I'd be quite interested to do is get your predictions down on paper and say, look back at them at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, I don't know if I want to be held to account for that. You know, I'd, <laughs> I'd rather lose the money and not tell anybody about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Let's keep that. I keep the losses a secret from my wife. Yeah. So she doesn't know what, what, we've, what we could have had. Yeah, yeah, it's best. I only, only brag about the wins. Yeah, keep the, keep the losses. <laughs> You're one of these great fishermen that tells us everybody about the big fish that you caught and never about the six months that you spent out on the boat not catching a thing. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Hey, it's been an absolute pleasure again, mate. Um, take care and we'll have you on again soon. Uh, to everybody else, thanks very much for listening. Remember, you can help us out by subscribing, rating our podcast. They're available at all the usual places. And remember, there's lots of free resources at fmi.online. See you next Thursday. <laughs>